We are Six Driven, and this is our podcast. We're a group of friends from all walks of life and all sorts of backgrounds, and we all came together through a love of all things automotive. So tonight, we're just going to chat about a couple of things that may come to mind. Uh, we're going to chat about some recent events, Goodwood, uh, a couple of the cars that were shown there, lots of really cool stuff, and uh, we're just going to get into it. So I'm joined by a couple of people here tonight. Uh, I'm Adam, one of the main hosts. Uh, we're joined by Orlando Santiago, uh, Jose Cortez, and Luis Rodriguez. So a little bit of a lighter crew than our last episode, but uh, a couple of our members actually got sick, so they're under the weather, but I uh, hope to have them. <laughs> that was that was like you last time. Um, but yeah, we... We hope to have them uh, on again soon and uh, should be a good time. So, uh, yeah, let's just get into it, um, see if we have any updates since the last show. I know it's been probably two or three weeks, uh, but I think the main topic that we wanted to get into was the Goodwood Festival of Speed. Uh, if anybody's not familiar with it, it's uh, an event that happens in the UK every year. And I got to say, every year that it happens, it seems to get better and better and better um, to the point now that I really want to uh, make it a point to get there seems to kind of a, a one shot one-stop shop for uh, for everything automotive that's happening a lot of manufacturers unveil stuff uh, all the cars are, are making the hill climb setting records uh, really really cool stuff so I don't know if you guys had a chance to, to tune in I know Jose you and I were talking about it the other day uh, some really really cool stuff um, yeah. so let's just jump right into that um, what's your what's your highlight what's your takeaway um, what'd you see that was cool I mean first of all entry touring like wow car Finally, like I feel like everyone's been wanting an M3 wagon forever. I'm a little sad they won't be coming to the U.S., especially after the success Audi had with the R6. But man, I want that car, even though it's ugly as hell from the front. Um, Did do you know if they released um, any pricing on that? Nah, they, I don't think they released any pricing in the Europe, and it's not coming to the U.S. anyway. So we got screwed like always, um, as is always the case. But I just don't get it because R6 is sold out until 2023 right now. Like, I think now, there's a market. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you could make that argument for, for people like us, right? Like, yeah. we're kind of the, the gearheads that, that definitely want the cool, unique stuff. But, I mean, working in automotive marketing and advertising, the market shifted towards SUVs, man. Um, it'd be a really cool car to see it here, but I just don't know if it would sell. I I, I agree with you that the market has shifted to SUV if we were talking like a 340i Touring. But M3 Touring, I think there's enough enthusiasts that are buying that car anyways that they will be inclined to buy a Touring. Like RS6 sold better than RS7. That's not... That's actually, that's true, yeah. Like that's the proof that it works. Like the formula works. Yeah, but who doesn't, who doesn't love a good wagon? That's my oh, point. believe me. Yeah, that's I mean, hatchback I, I, wagon, I like... I would honestly have a hatchback wagon over a sportback any day. Uh, hell yeah. I agree. Yeah. Hell yeah. So Totally agree. I mean, especially in R6, you feel me? Yeah. R6, I feel is too big. So having an M3 wagon would be like... Oh, that would be gnarly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah, the front okay. end is ugly, but it's the right size. <laughs> Where, where's where's Jeff when we need him to defend the front end? Yeah, right. Um, it's ugly, so. Yeah, it's not great. It's at least, not it's, great. Not, at least it's not forged carbon fiber, okay? True, true. It looks like a granite countertop when people have that stuff. Um, by the way, speaking of M3s, uh, today at lunch, I actually saw the most gorgeous, uh, it was an M3, or an M4 rather, Heritage Edition. And it was painted in Laguna Seca blue, like the E46. And dude, it was it was the cleanest, most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I actually spoke to the guy for like 
20, 30 seconds. And he said it was one of, I think, 750 that they made which, uh, for that special edition. Which generation was that? It was uh, so whatever the the one I always get the BMW uh, chassis codes messed up now. The I think V8 it was the F F. No, no, it was the it was the inline six, but uh, the F eighty. Yeah, F eighty. Yeah. yeah. Oh okay. yeah. Yeah. Right, but, yeah, uh, yeah, right now. The one with the gray interior. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, but no, seriously, like look that thing up. The M four Heritage Edition in Laguna Seca blue. So it F80 was too. absolutely beautiful. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and in fact, the guy mentioned, he said, uh, cause, cause I was driving by my car. He said he had a GLI and then he had a Mark seven golf R, uh, before he got into the, the M4. So he was kind of a, a former Volkswagen guy. So that was pretty cool. Oh, Did he have but, a, uh, was, was it purple? Sake. What's that? Was it purple? It, it was, was not R. purple. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I was, Oh, go ahead. The seats are cool as hell. The whole car was cool as hell. Yeah. And then it had this really subtle stripe uh, on the carbon fiber roof, like over the driver side with the M colors. It was really neat. Um, so in my mind, that was a way better design than than the current one. That's just me. I agree, except the interior on the, on the old one sucks. Really don't bad. disagree there. Don't disagree. <laughs> like but... You drive a G80 and it drives like an M5 smaller, which is great. So. I, I would actually like to drive one. I, I haven't driven one, but yeah. here's here's my prediction for the new uh, M3 Touring. And it, it's also weird to me because to, it, to me, a Touring is like a GT3 Touring. But for BMW, Touring just means estate, which means wagon. So um, well, not, not, not just for them. I think a lot of manufacturers. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Audi goes Avant and, you know, some of them go estate and some of them go wagon, whatever. But uh, here's my prediction. I think uh, in the coming year, you're going to see that as the hottest like Instagram influencer YouTuber uh, car in the markets that they can get it. Um, I, I don't think we'll see it here, like you said, but who knows? If we saw that car here, I would be lining up to buy one and I hate being told. <laughs> <laughs> I could see you doing that, but yeah. I feel like you line up to buy everything that gets announced. Yeah, I'd go. I I'd, I'd may go on, do that too often. <laughs> I'd go into debt for that car for sure. Well, for you, it'd be the perfect kind of camera car, too. Oh, yeah, for I, sure. I would say I think I'd rather have that car than my R6. Whoa. That's a bold yeah, statement. Yeah. Well, that that actually begs the question, though, because the RS6, it's an amazing car. Uh, it's obviously, too it's, big. It's, it, it is. It's large. Why the hell won't Audi give us the RS4? I heard rumors that they might, but I won't believe them until I see it. Because the RS4 is basically the perfect size, perfect practicality, just quick enough. And, you know, it, it has that forbidden fruit aspect to it, just like the RS6 did. So I feel like people would go nuts for it. So I've heard people, rumors that it will happen, but... Why do people don't get nuts about the all-roll, uh, all if you think about it? Because it's not the performance variant. Right. Like, people who are, going to, who are buying the RS6, it's like, A, they have the money, obviously, but... They're like through enthusiasts because to spend 140 grand on an A6, you have to like them. That's why they're willing to get a wagon because it's like they understand what it is. Um, right. An A6 wagon is like 80 grand for an A6. Yeah. I had an A6. I wouldn't even pay 80 grand for that ever. <laughs> like, and then I, th I think also, like, like you said, like it's not the performance model, but it's also kind of seen as that like. It's the alternative to a crossover. So people up in the Pacific Northwest or up in the, you know, in Maine and, and New Hampshire, like they get those as kind of their rugged, 
but still kind of like a family car versus a fun performance car that you can turn into a, a, a build and, and put some really cool, you know, wheels and, you know, lips and spoilers and whatever people yeah. do. Um, I don't know. Like I don't know. The, the RS car already is a niche product. It doesn't have that many sales compared to an A6. So it's way easier to get a higher percentage of people for buying the RS box to go for a wagon because they're already like a niche buyer to begin with. So I, I, I think the RS six definitely had some of that halo car effect that rub, rubbed off on it. I now, mean, now the mic, my own to counter argue myself a little, why didn't the E 63 wagon work? That's why that's that's a good question. That thing was really expensive though. Was it yeah, not? But it, but it was the same price as the RS six. And the RS6 did better? Yeah. RS6 is sold out right now until 2023. Hmm. Like, yeah. deep but into 2023. it was a forbidden fruit. Yeah. So, yeah. You know. You, He's right. You made people thirsty before you yeah. told, told them, like, hey, I am going to give you this. But you have to. But, but I think if BMW did the marketing right, they could definitely play that off with the G80 um, or G84, I think it is. Um, tour, M3 Touring. So... And keep in mind, we did have a, a a touring version of a three series at one point here. Yeah, the but then so no, no, it was an E forty six. It wasn't yeah. a performance version. Either. Yeah, but what I'm saying is like we did have a, a wagon, three series wagon here. Yeah, as a US spec car, which is something I, people don't realize. Yeah, I, I I think you have to hit, especially for these wagons and stuff. I mean, even with the hatchbacks, right? The only hatchbacks that are really sold in, in the U.S. now are the performance variants. Uh, Volkswagen canceled the Golf, so you can only get the GTI and the R. Uh, the Veloster, unfortunately, is going away. That's sad. Veloster, um, yeah, you're right. I was going to say the Veloster. N, but... <laughs> yeah, they, they, they killed the regular Veloster. They kept the N, and now they're killing the N, too. It's just people aren't aren't going for it unless it's a jacked up, you know, uh, suspension lift, call it a crossover. And then people like them all of a sudden. Um, it's, it it's sad, but it didn't, it didn't do as well as people thought it would. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. But you know, the Elantra is more, is a more capable car as far as like room and stuff. It's, it's more, it's more marketable. And actually we can, we can get into this in a little bit later sure. uh, with, with another one of our topics, but, but I have some, some stuff that was interesting from a, a recent Jason Camisa video. Um, if you guys watched um, his icons video about the Z, but we'll, we'll get into that. I know we had that as a topic for a little bit later in the show, um, but getting back to, to Goodwood. Yeah. The, the M3 um, touring really, really cool. Um, I just, I think it's going to be a little bit played out. Uh, very quickly uh, on on social on YouTube Instagram that sort of stuff. Oh, for so sure. you know that's just the nature of these things. But I'll be. But curious if it gets to played see... out, it means it's selling. So... Right. It's, it's a it's it's a good problem to have as a manufacturer for sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, Mission you know. accomplished for Renault. Yeah. If, it gets yeah, if, if, <laughs> if you can be the hot new car for social, then you know somebody did their job well um, when it comes to designing the car and all that. Um, so. I think it's going to come as no surprise. My favorite car from Goodwood. Can anybody guess? Well, the LMDH? Uh, no, no. Idea. The one with the fan that has like two times. No, definitely not that. Well, <laughs> no, that's not my favorite. Like, obviously, I'm impressed by it, but I have some comments on that too. No, my favorite. It's the uh, the Singer Turbo Study. Oh, that car! It's 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 incredible. So I heard a lot about the car leading up. And the first day of the event, and I saw no content whatsoever of it doing runs. 
So I have it, no it, idea what it is. No, it, it did a run. I didn't have a chance to see the video. Uh, unfortunately, I, I didn't get to watch many of the, the live streams or anything. But, dude, th this car is just, it's incredible. It's everything that there is to love about a singer. But it's just a new concept that they kind of took some parts from the older turbos. They took some stuff from the the DLS that they unveiled uh, at Goodwood a couple years ago, which was, is still in my probably top two or three cars of all time uh, that I've been lucky enough to see in person, too. Um, but yeah, this this turbo study is just it's incredible. I mean, if I if I won the lotto, I'd be first in line at Singer and telling them, just give me your entire lineup. Here's a blank check. Um Really, really, really cool stuff. I think it's like 500 horsepower. Um, they it's still air-cooled. Wow. Yes. Yeah. They re, Except re it has air to water intercoolers, but wow. Right. But they. I, I don't know if they worked with Williams on that engine, just like they did on the DLS, but uh, it's, it's completely redesigned, but it's an air-cooled, turbo, old-school Porsche engine, and it just looks amazing, sounds amazing. Can't imagine how expensive it's going to be. But, it looks like a proper older 911 too yeah well i mean to that's what it is and that's, that's the, the yeah that's that's the appeal to me about singer it's like they take the best parts of older porsches and just make them into a medley of like the best of every little generation that they can tweak together it, it's it's just perfection that's just you know that's me you guys i'm nuts about singer oh yeah yeah just like rwb right <laughs> RWB all the way, man. Adam, Adam hates RWB. Beth, I don't know. I don't know if he, hates is is the accurate he, he word, is, or 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 it is it. a strong enough word because, dude, this man, this man hates. No, that RWB. that's that's my point. That's my point because it's an accurate word. It's just not strong enough. <laughs> man, I agree with that statement. Um, yeah, I could probably do a three-hour episode just on many reasons why RWB is trash. Um, yep, you're I said wrong, it. But I said okay. it. I <laughs> you're said wrong, it. but okay. <laughs> I said it. Come at me. It's okay. I'll defend it till the day I die. Mm. Uh. <laughs> um, so I don't know if anybody else had a chance to watch Goodwood or see any of the recaps. Um, but yeah, Orlando, you touched on that. Uh, the McMurtry Spurling. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly because um, it's got a bunch of accents and stuff in weird places. But uh, yeah, tiny little fan car. Uh, set the outright record for Goodwood. Um, just nuts. It looks like if, if you see the video, it looks like it's uh, in, in in fast forward. It looks like it's in, you know, being sped up in a video player. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Well, what apparently, was the previous record at Goodwood? So there's there's two two previous records, right? The the official record I think was a Formula One car from years ago, but the unofficial record was the VW IDR, which is their electric um, Pikes Peak oh, hill climb. Forty one seconds, Scott. Yeah, correct. But it's not an official record because they set that during qualifying, not in the actual um, run. So it's like an still, unofficial record, but still, but still two seconds two seconds faster, like crazy fast. On a 40-second course, like, that's yeah. not the same yeah. speed at all. Yeah. Also, fun fact, uh, I know we mentioned him in our last uh, podcast also, but uh, Zach from Porsche Experience Center today got to meet Roman uh, Dumas, who was the world record driver for the IDR and also for the 919 Evo Hybrid that set the Nürburgring lap record. So he, uh, we have, like, what is that, seven degrees of separation or something? So we know a guy who's met. Who knows the guy? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that, that McMurtry thing, it's, it's a fan car. So 
Do you know I they're mean, making a real legal version? You know, I heard about it. I didn't look into exactly how they're going to do it, but probably Europe only. But still, yeah. Like, but it's a single seater, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, because because that's so also like a VEC model, so it's not going to be like yeah. anything that you'll ever see. But. but that's kind of the funny thing about the car too, because not only does it look like it's in you know fast forward on a video player, but <laughs> if you look at a picture of it, it looks like the aspect ratio on your TV is wrong. Like it just looks the proportions are so strange. Yeah. Um, it's this like squashed little single seater thing with a canopy. It's it's bizarre. Um, but it being a fan car, I I don't know. To me, it's almost like yes, it set the record, but you'd expect it to. So I wonder if there's gonna but, be like categories now. But there's old F1 fan cars that have probably attempted that hill climb and it this is still faster. So I I, I get it. I get so. it. I, I don't know. To to me it it it's like not really an apples to apples comparison, but I guess then again, that's the beauty of Goodwood because it's like you see everything from a Rolls Royce Phantom to a McMurtry Sperling going up the hill and setting, you know, whatever yeah. fastest time they can do. Um, but yeah, that that's that's definitely an event that I would like to to get to at some point because who knows what you're going to see. There's just everything. Yeah. Uh, Koenigsegg was there. They had the Jesco uh, Absolute and the They didn't uh, the do attack. a time drone, right? With those cars? I, I actually don't know. Um, I feel I like if they if they did, we would have seen more yeah. videos and stuff of them. They're probably um, holding off while they're still in development because I know the cars aren't finalized. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. And then also, I think, um, well, obviously, Shmi 150 was there and he had his uh, his Zenvo. Um, I don't know how I feel about that brand still. It seems like a glorified kit car, if you ask me. But he unveiled that thing. Um, I don't know if they went up the hill. No, the, but, that, uh, his car didn't go up the hill. I think it's yeah. still not finished. But I think half of the YouTube was there. Oh, of course. <laughs> oh, I mean, which, which, in my opinion, it's gonna start taking away from the event because it used to be like an exclusive, um, you know, manufacturers and like cool stuff thing, and now it's like everyone is there. Is it well, invite? Is it invite only? No. no, it's open tickets. to the public. You could just literally go. Yeah, yeah, Why it's open just, to the public. Let's just take a trip, guys. Next one, I, absolutely. I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Department I mean, of Planning. Absolutely. Let's take a trip a month after the show is over. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with with our luck. Um, but no, I mean seriously, that would be a really really cool trip. It would be Where? tough to plan it, and it would probably be expensive. But I bet you would be unforgettable. Yeah, I think I, I think it'll be sick. Yeah, it's just a matter of you know airfare, hotel getting around once you're there because it's kind of out in the countryside we've done it's it once really... or twice it's not that hard <laughs> once to ink, partially to successful <laughs> <laughs> yeah um <laughs> oh actually you know what i almost forgot um the uh so so the two kind of rival cars the amg1 was there and the uh aston martin valkyrie was there now the valkyrie, oh, valkyrie. Yeah, the Valkyrie, I, I kind of stopped paying attention to it for a little while. I feel like it was in production or in, in development for such a long time. But now that it's out and they're actually functioning and idling well and driving, I mean, it's it's pretty incredible. Uh, the way it sounds, the way it's handling, all that. But the, the AMG one, I mean, I feel like they kind of missed the, missed the ball on that one. Um, I don't know if you guys have paid attention to it, but... I, I think they were too ambitious and too... They, they were just too ambitious. Pulling a Formula One 
championship ending into a road car is a lot easier said than done. Wasn't it true at one point it was idling at like 4,500 RPM? Uh-huh. Or uh-huh. <laughs> and and they expected that to be like a, a road going, you know. Well, I think the Formula One and yeah, it was like a 5,000. Like, yeah. It was not happy being in that car. Yeah. So, um, so obviously now they got to idle like a reasonable RPM. Reasonable being like 1,500, let's be clear. Right. Right. So, and then it's, I think it's going to need a rebuild every 30,000 miles or something I, like that. I think they solved that problem, but I wouldn't be surprised. So, well, by solve, that just means they deleted it out of the uh, owner's manual and they'll find out when they, when they get there. Or, or they moved it to 60,000 miles or something. Or 50, right. <laughs> so right. It's- but I, I, I was actually, I was watching a couple of videos on it and really the, the stats like maybe seven, eight years ago would have been, you know, super Great, impressive. But it's too slow now. But now, I mean, it's it's like a two and a half million dollar car. Um, oh, mind you, it's not going to be available in the U.S. They said yeah. that they can't they can't get it homologated for the U.S. So, I mean, that takes the wind out of its sail because I'm I'm sure there were a but, ton of collectors in the U.S. who wanted one. I think they're still going to come to the U.S. the same way Valkyries are coming to the U.S. because Valkyries yeah. are not homologated; they're show and display. Let's be clear. Correct. Yeah. So, Jesco's are not coming. Fully, actually, Jessica might be fully homologated, but Agera was showing this play. So, um, I don't think we're going to get... I think it's going to be like the same as getting a Valkyrie or any other one of those cars. Well, yeah, I feel like when, when you're in that tax bracket and you have that level yeah. of car collection, you just... You you do things and you find ways to do things and yeah. nobody really questions you. Um, so, I'm sure we'll see one or, or yeah, a few in I the think, US. I think there'll be a few in the US. So. But... But my whole thing is like the the numbers. I mean, I was reading it's not up fast a, enough. It, no, a, a, a McLaren seven six five LT is is as fast as it, and it yeah. costs you know a quarter of the price. And it's not that lightweight. It's yeah, not that powerful. Like it has again cool experiment. I think as a as a design attempt, let's put Formula One engine in a road car. Great, good, you did it. Maybe that wasn't great, that great of an idea to begin with, though. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. I, I feel like it was too little too late. And part of me wonders if they just kind of pushed it out the door because some, you know, CEO somewhere was like, hey, this has been in development too long. We got to get this out the door because everyone yeah. else is doing cool stuff. Because yeah. um, I'm, I'm sure if you talk to the actual engineers, they'd probably say, yeah, we needed more time or or whatever. Um, and apparently like it's like... like- Oh, go go ahead. I feel like there's going to be a card where you're going to be there's going to be an update package or an upgrade for the batteries or the engine in five years that was going to make it substantially faster. And then they'll be yeah, like, who who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Whose no. phone's buzzing? I think it's Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah, the I think that's going to be a, a kind of a disappointment once they actually get it out. Um, people drive them. You're going to see, yeah. I'm sure, YouTube all the all the journalists and people will drive it. Cool, cool experiment. I'm, I'm impressed that they were able to do it with a Formula One engine, but it's like at what cost? Um, yeah, maybe the idea yeah. wasn't that great. Maybe the Valkyrie approach of like Formula One inspired V12 was better. Right, the same as right. a T50 approach and whatnot. So, so. 50. How, how do you feel about T50? How many candies do you need? <laughs> okay, so can't afford it, but I want it. Like, what's a T? What, what's a T50? So, so. Oh, oh, Jose, I'll let you explain. Gordon Murray designed the McLaren F1. You're familiar mm-hmm. with what McLaren F1 is, right? Sure. Okay. 
He designed the McLaren F1. Ultimate road car ever made. How much are they now? 20 million? Um, Easy. He is now coming with a spiritual successor of that car. He's, he's developing a car called the T50. Same formula, V12, less than 1,000 kilograms, right? 1,000 kilograms for 1,100? Uh, <laughs> um, looks so generic to me. Anyways, keep on going. It, 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 in, my, in my opinion, it looks a little bit like an F1, just modernized. Right, yeah. Central seat, yeah, here, like a McLaren F1. Like here, central I, I, seat I, position. I just um, looked up the uh, the weight. So, yeah, it's 986 kilos. Yeah. In a modern so car just, with airbags. Yeah, so it's like, just under bonkers. just under twenty two hundred pounds, and the um, thing so is going to be street legal. Yeah, so it's and the it rides to fourteen thousand RPM with a yeah. manual V twelve. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a motorcycle. Uh huh. <laughs> and it's a fan car, so it has fans to suck it down to the ground. It has no like real aero, just fans. Which yeah, it's is not ground effect. Which is an unknown fact of the McLaren F one. The McLaren F one has fans, just not to the same degree. Wow. So bonkers car. Like absolutely I want it. How many kidneys? How many people do I need to sell you on my family? But I want it. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so so here's my my brief thoughts on it. Um it's an incredible project. I uh I think Gordon Murray, I mean, obviously he's one of the most admired uh people in the automotive world, full stop. Um, but and here here's the big but. Um I don't know the the a it's a little too similar to an F1. It's like a modern creation of it, but it's not associated with McLaren. So he had an opportunity to kind of do his own thing, but he also stuck to what he knew, which is which is fine. I get it. Now, my issue with it from the front, not bad from the side. Not bad. It's pretty timeless, clean. There's not too much going on. It's not mm -hmm. excessive the back. So it's a fan car. And they emphasize this by putting this like central circular, like tunnel fan shroud looking thing on the back. And it completely kills the design of the car to me because it's such a clean, simple design. And then you've got this gimmick right in the center at the back. And if you look at the car from the back, it's too mm -hmm. tall. Uh, it just messes up the proportions. And I wanted to like this car. I still do like this car on paper, but I'm telling you, the more I see it from the rear, the more I just can't get on board. Yeah, but for for people like you, there's T33. <laughs> Hold on. That's Are another they? issue I have. So, sorry to cut you off, Lewis. You're um, good. Go ahead. So, when the T50 was first announced, Gordon Murray, he did this whole press launch, and they had all the journalists, and they did really in-depth interviews and all this stuff. And he said, okay, T50, this is going to be our sole focus. We're going to you know, make sure that we get this one car right, and that's all we're going to be doing. And then he announced the T50S yes. or whatever the, the track version. version was. Yeah, yeah. that's okay, fine. Okay, so fine. Then he announced the T33. Okay, so now he's doing two models, and there's really there's some differentiation between the two. But it's like, what's he going to announce next? It's, it's like you started with this really focused vision, Listen, and they, they haven't even delivered a customer car yet, and they're already kind of expanding. I just don't want them to lose sight of that original plan and and like I spread themselves T too thin. I think T33 exists to make the company make money. T50 pay the R&D. T33 exists as the profit maker. Also, the reason I'm so okay with the T33, because it's still a million dollar plus car. Um, It's almost... Uh, T50 back to basics, but more so than that, 
I think Gordon Murray deserves probably a bigger shot at developing a car and selling a car under his own brand than like Pagani. If Pagani's exists in this world, why can't this? Oh, I absolutely agree. Like, and I'm sure he's already he's already sold and taken deposits on a boatload of them. Yeah. But I, again, I I just I, I I can I can appreciate when a manufacturer, especially a, a boutique niche manufacturer like that, focuses on um, one thing at first, and they do it really, really, really well. They deliver the cars. They have you know uh, unanimous praise, and then they can say, okay, that was a, succe a success. Now we can take our learnings and roll out the next model. I feel like I they haven't it. gotten their footing yet, and they're already spreading themselves too thin. That's just I me. get, I get it, but I trust that man with everything he can, he can do. That Look, I, I, <laughs> I want it to succeed. I really do. <laughs> like, but I also, I, I also want them to do a facelift uh, or actually a tail lift, so we don't have to look at it from the back. <laughs> I have an issue with the front, honestly. Not even the back. I don't know. The front, front's not too bad for me. It's, it's generic, it's, but it's, it's generic. You know, yeah, it's. Uh, you know what it kind of looks like? It looks like uh like if you spawned a hypercar into Grand Theft Auto. Mm -hmm. Correct. <laughs> and right now I'm looking at it, and I actually have um, a scale model of the F1 GTR, I think it is. Mm -hmm. And I mean the resemblance is there, but yeah, I don't know. It, it's... Now the 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 cool part is he did stick to how the McLaren F1 had the the side pods for the luggage, and you can actually use it to go on like a grand tour of you know and go on a driving three tour. People. Correct. Yeah. Like, yeah. it can have three people in it. I mean, I don't like, know if I'd want to be passenger two and three, but <laughs> for, for too long, like at least. The pa Whichever passenger will be on the left side, don't want to be that guy. <laughs> Are the, 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 the taillights here, they look like four and eight taillights. Am I wrong? A little bit. bit. Yeah. A little I mean, bit. a little bit. They're like almost identical, minus the little the little space in between. But I love 48 taillights, so. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I don't see a problem there. I mean, so, I, hold on. so I, I just wanted to say, like, this is probably the only group or one of few groups in the world where we can take a car that's a V12 naturally aspirated manual revs to 14,000. And we, here we are criticizing and like shitting all over it. Listen, I'm not criticizing <laughs> how many people of my family do I need to give you out. I, I, I want it. I don't care. <laughs> that's, I, I want it. All right. I'll we take E32 too. <laughs> All right, we, we found at least one additional customer in Jose. Yeah. Well, I don't have the money, so I'm not really a customer, okay? <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not with that attitude. Uh, <laughs> that's an uh, accessible. <laughs> okay, so one additional car that I wanted to bring up, because you guys know I'm a little bit of a endurance racing uh, nerd, especially when it comes to the 24 Hours of Le Mans. Um, obviously, Audi, near and dear to my heart. They were my team um, that I supported you know, back in what, 2011, 2012, when Porsche and Audi and all of them were in there. But Porsche did say they are coming back um, to WEC for the 2023 season. So at Goodwood, they unveiled the Porsche 963, which will be an LMDH, which is uh, kind of the hypercar hybrid class. Um, and it's going to be WEC and IMSA. So it's going to be in two series at the same time. So they're going to run we'll in America. Correct, which means we'll have a chance to see it which is epic, and we definitely need to make that happen. Of course. Um, did anybody watch 24 Hours of Le Mans? Or was it no, because it's boring, because the same <laughs> guy's going to win. If they don't win, well, it's because it crashed or broke uh, the car again. 
Pretty much, pretty yeah. much. Uh, it's it's been it's been a few years uh, since it's actually been interesting and fun to watch, um, because yeah, that that top class just had nobody in it um, yeah. for the past couple of years. It was Toyota competing with themselves, so it was the same thing this well, year. It was I, Toyota I, versus Radical, no, but Radical is not even a hybrid, so there's no chance. So yeah, there was Radical, and there was also uh, Glickenhaus. Yeah. Um, so hey, shout out to Glickenhaus. They're doing great things. Their car was actually pretty competitive. Um, and we got to see that car, the exact yeah. car, um, down in uh, in Miami, which yeah. is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, it was just Toyota competing against themselves. It was their race to lose, um, which they've done before, uh, which is you know ironic and hilarious at the same time. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited for um, for the return. You know, Porsche is coming back. Ferrari said they're throwing their hat in the ring uh, to go into hypercar, which is I don't think they've ever done it, or it's been like 40 or 50 years since they've done that. Yeah. Um, uh, who else did I say? Cadillac said they're getting back into it. Um, BMW, I think, is entering. Um, Audi was supposed to, but then they but withdrew it and they're it going seems to like F1. It yeah, like. it seems like they're joining F1, which it's still cool. I want to. I would like to see Audi in F1. So, yeah. It's so, cool. oh, and and then also, um, I shouldn't be rooting for them or or you know alluding to the fact that I like them, but uh, Peugeot is going to be back in. And if you guys uh, know anything about the old school, you know when Audi was in there, it was Audi and Peugeot uh, one and two. They were like arch rivals. So Peugeot has a really cool car. They don't actually have a rear wing, so it's all ground effect, and it's kind of like a almost like a touring quote unquote um, car. It looks incredible. Um, so I'm excited to see that because I think just that grid is just going to be stacked. Um, so hopefully you guys can you know get into it like I have. I know Rudy uh, is is a little more into I, it, kind of like me. I, I'll get oh. into it if there's a race to watch, not just a guy in first place. Yeah, yeah, it should be. <laughs> it should be. Um, it totally should be. And and if you guys want to you know catch up on that or kind of get into a little bit of the hype. And understand what that race is about because it's it's really it's about teamwork it's about engineering yeah. it's about all sorts of stuff it's just incredible what they do uh truth in 24 they did two documentaries i know yeah you guys always yeah. make make fun of me for it <laughs> but seriously like you guys owe it to yourselves just watch them um they're they're really really cool they show you like the whole behind the scenes what it takes to to run a team like that and and race and win um Audi was the best in the business and uh, they had a whole film crew follow them. So truth in 24 can't go wrong. Watch it and then get ready for, uh, for 2023 and beyond. Cause I think it's going to be really, really exciting. I'll get off my soapbox. Yeah, <laughs> I know you, you hear out here pushing truth in 24 to all of us. Hey, I'm going to do it until you guys watch it. I've watched it. <laughs> then you're excused, but everybody <laughs> okay. else watch it. I haven't. So, that's good. You you owe it to yourself. But he might be overhyping it a little bit. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Probably, bit. yeah. Yeah. Definitely but yes. how will you know until you watch it? <laughs> True. Fair point. <laughs> um yeah. yeah, so anyway, that's that's you know a couple of the highlights from Goodwood. Um there was a ton of stuff there. I still actually have to catch up on some YouTube videos to uh to really understand all the stuff that happened, but yeah, um, same. you know, hey. No, so I, I yeah. need to talk the, about some. I was watching the Aston Aston Martin. Uh, what's the name? The Valkyrie. The Valkyrie. Yeah, and I don't know. It's, it's wait, it's, Luis, you've seen the Valkyrie in real life, no? Yeah, I shot one. Yeah, my, no, it's my not man. the Valkyrie, the new one. 
The Valhalla? The Valhalla. That's the one I shot. Yeah, yeah that's the one I that's the, That thing looks awesome. The, I'm more excited for Valhalla than Valkyrie because Valkyrie. Yeah, the, the rear end of that thing is insane. Mm-hmm. Valhalla seems well, more rogue going as a car. Yeah. Now, well, didn't they redesign that? Right. One is a no, race car and the other. No, so Val, there's a Valkyrie race car and then there's like Valkyrie road car and then Valhalla under it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I have a friend oh, his, that him and his family ordered a Valhalla from, I think, the same dealership that Luis shoots for. Yeah. So. You guys know they kind of redesigned the Valhalla, like, mid-development cycle, right? Yeah. Like, they are, they initially unveiled it, and then I think somebody at the head of Aston Martin retired or resigned, and some new guy came in and redesigned it and made it look way, way better, in my opinion. Yeah. That that car looks super classy, and I think it'll be a better road car than Valkyrie because Valkyrie you can't get in it for the most part. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, and it has two seats, but you're like on top of the other guy. So, yeah, yeah. But those will be interesting. Um, but yeah. So so good. Wait a minute, I'm gonna I guess be on top of who? <laughs> whoever's driving or whoever's the passenger. <laughs> oh my god, I'm driving. Who wants to be passenger? Uh, I'll pass. Anyways. Yeah, I think good uh, one. Yeah, yeah good yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing new meaning to the name of the show. Nicely done. <laughs> Amen, brother. I'm here for the jokes. <laughs> You'll be um, here all week, Travel. Indeed. So, all right. Well, so the next topic that I think I wanted to touch on. And, You're wrong. You, <laughs> what? Well, you don't even know what I'm going to say. Uh, Z? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You're and, okay. So, <laughs> you know what? I'll, I'll let you take the segue. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, you... All right. Z, great car. I just... Super still wins for me. Wait man. a minute. Wait a minute. What are we talking about? For The new 400Z. Okay. Well, just, just Z. The 400 yeah. was yeah. applied by the, the internet. Oh, wow. It's no longer 400? No. Never, never was. If I ever get one, I'm going to call it... 400z anyways there you go the new z gray car but it's just a red sport two-door with the same engine uh-huh and what's wrong with that okay it's super cool and is it yes it's a bmw uh-huh what's wrong with that it's not a toyota it's not a supra okay i mean it's it the, the name the name is supra it's fast yeah, as hell. Like, but Nissan just reused the engine they were using in Infinity. Mm-hmm. So it's an okay, Infinity engine. But, but at least it's their own design, their own engine. Yeah, but Toyota just contracted the best inline six maker so, okay. in the market right now, okay. which is to okay, okay. BMW. Mom, dad, one at a time. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, so, Super. So, okay, so so here's my, here's my official take on it. So Supra, right? It's not a bad car. It's a great car. I'm sure it drives well, it's fast, it has tuning potential, all of that. I'm not discounting any of that. Here's my thing. The Supra has this this position within the Toyota lineup as their halo sports car, right? And they have this reputation. The Mark IV is just, I mean, that's probably the most legendary car that Toyota has ever made. Fair enough. Right? Right. So when you tell me you're rebooting your halo car that has that reputation, that has that cult following, right? you get a lot of people's hopes up because it's you're, you're bringing back the king. 
And when you tell me like, okay, yeah, we're bringing back the King, but we actually didn't build it ourselves. We kind of relied on BMW. We took the Z4 and made it into our hardtop. Uh, we styled it, but the underpinnings, the chassis, the engine, transmission, infotainment, it's all BMW. To me, that is a half-assed attempt. That's a half-hearted attempt at bringing okay. back your Halo car. That's just that's just my two cents. It's a, corporate, it, it's a corporate company. Yeah, and more so than that. You got to remember, Mark IV failed. It did not sell. Like, it may have gotten cold following after, but Tutu Yoa, that car did not succeed. I, I get it. Like, like it it, that's I a really good point. In proportion, the Supra now is more affordable than it was before. Yeah. Right. I, I, and my but, other thing is, if they would have developed that car on their own, it will not be as affordable as it is right now. No, no. I, and Which I, is and not I, really I, affordable. I get it's a $60,000 car, but it's not a hundred. A GTR I, is a hundred grand. Well, a GTR used to be a hundred grand. Now they're 160. Yeah, exactly. Like, but at least I can look at the Nissan GTR and say that they developed it from A to Z. It's their own project. To me, if, if, you, felt, if it felt like a Z4, I would give you the point. But if you drive a Z4 and you drive a Super, they don't feel the same. That's like, I, I, I don't know. For, for me, it's, it's it rings a little hollow when you tell me you're bringing back your Halo you know, right. flagship car and you, it was a half-hearted attempt. It's like, oh, yeah, we didn't really want to go through the effort or the cost of engineering the engine and the, the chassis. And we just phoned it in to, uh, to BMW. They took care of us. Now, if you called it anything but a Supra and called it, hey, whatever you want to call it, but, hey, this is our new Toyota sports car, and we partner with BMW, hey, no problem, cool. They did that with the uh, the 86, right, with Subaru. And everyone, you know, is cool with both of those cars. Yeah, but, but then, then, then you're disappointing people that, oh, you gave me a sports car, but you didn't give me the sports car that I was hoping for? Yeah. They got but... something. I, I, I don't know. I, I and, think... And, and people uh, got a performance. It's not like it's a slouch either. Yeah, it, yeah. It, like, it's fast. That it, thing is it, crazy. It, it they up. make power. Like, it, like It's like a modern 2J. They make I, I, power. They're look, fast. Definitely great bang for your buck. Like The, the ethos of the car being a six-cylinder that like makes crazy power with very little mods is still there. Mm -hmm. I get it. I don't discredit any of that, but maybe I'm looking at it from more of a branding and, and I, I think you're more focused on the branding and like what the car to me it, it should just, be like what the story should be than what the car actually is and how yeah. it succeeded at, at being at Supra. I, I I get it. I, I get it. And and I don't know. I, I, I want it to succeed, but it just misses the mark for me. And let's not forget, now they're fixing one big issue, which was the uh, manual transmission. So yeah. the fact that they actually went back to, to that, it's you can tell that they're they're still trying. Like it's not a yeah. Now do you, I mean Yeah, but but do you think that. they did do, and also that's another point, speaking of the manual. If they wanted it to be their flagship Halo sports car about the driving enthusiasts and, and all of that. Why didn't they come out with the manual in the first place? Because budget. to me, eh, maybe. But to work. me, it was budgeting. I, they, I they have, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it has to be nah. a budgeting because they they didn't want to pay BMW to develop the transmission because BMW doesn't need it for the Z4. So, yeah, what's once up? the Supra sold, they went like, "Hey, this car is selling really well. We're getting still requests for manual. Let's do it. We have the proof of concept that we can sell them." Mm -hmm. Let's go for it and spend the money developing manual transmission for this engine. The, 
the 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 cynic in me wants to say they only did the manual because they saw the Z doing the manual. No, no, no. I, I I don't think you, the development people, track yeah. will be that quick. I'm sorry. Do you, you think the swapping manuals on those cars like almost immediately? Yeah, <laughs> that that was the sign. Mm -hmm. When the car was selling well and people were manual swapping them, I think that was the sign. Hey, we need to work on this. We proved that the car is not going to feel like the Mark IV. Now let's spend money developing a manual. Because being the only so, thing I'm going to do it. Okay, so so flip the same coin, though. So speaking of the Z, right? The Z, it's going to be a little bit less expensive. Yes. It's going to be a great engine, great powertrain. Now, granted, they were also budget-constrained. To, to me, it just right? feels a little old. Like, they just bring an old engine again. I mean, you could say the same thing about the RS3, couldn't you? Yeah, I don't disagree. Like, but it's a great special. engine, and it makes <laughs> yeah, for a great but, car. Okay, so so let, 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 let's let's say let me say something here. I've driven a Red Sport Infinity, and my impression of that car was that it was too much drivetrain for the rest of the car. So in my opinion, the drivetrain itself just needed a better, you know, house or roof. Yeah. In order to like shine properly, and I think this is gonna be the case because the, the the Red Sport, it's it's it. I mean, it's a good car. It's very old now, and it it does it doesn't it doesn't that, that's the whole potential of the drivetrain. And I think the C is gonna do that. So it's like a another opportunity to make it right, in my opinion. Maybe. So, I do know I love the look of the Z and the Supra, so. The the Z I'm I'm cool with the styling the front I'm still not 100% sold on but the back is great the back is insane and the the front I just I see a retro car so I'm sold I don't yeah. know front front front's pretty ugly to me well it's, 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 to me I mean it does well, keep in mind to to each his own I drive a freaking Veloster there, there's two things here the Supra and the C are very different cars in the sense of their history. The C mm -hmm. has been a car that's always been iconic and always had a cult following in terms of what it used to be and what it's supposed to be. And the Supra wasn't necessarily a great car at the very beginning because remember, I don't know if you guys know this, but the Supra used to be a Celica. The yeah. Supra used to, it was a trim within the Celica uh, model. They eventually turned it into another model so the beginnings of a Supra wasn't necessarily something, you know, like historical or great. And, and yes, they have the following and all that. But it, it, to me, the history of a Z has more meaning than the history of a Supra. The Supra became what it is because of the whole following with the Mark IV. The Mark III is getting more popular now, but it was a boring car and a slow car for the most mm -hmm. part. So you're not talking about 20-something years of a great car that they just managed to ruin. It was a good-ish car that turned into a cool following. And then that last model was what cemented the what people expected for the new one. So to me, it's a, it's a completely different uh, issue to solve in terms of what the Z has to be and what the Super has to be. Because the Super has to be a performer, AC it's a heritage car. I agree. So, I that, that's 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 a fair take. That's a fair take. Yeah. But again, I, I guess I'm looking at it through a 
marketer's eyes, right? And to me, your flagship Halo product should basically say, this is who we are as a company. This is what we believe in. This is what we stand in. And this is what we're willing to do to make those things happen. Uh, and the fact that you rely on another company to get that done, to me, weakens it just a touch. Um, but they, they, they admitted that the car was not going to happen otherwise. So I, I know. And, and obviously, I'm not pretending I know how to launch a, a new you know global car. Um, and of course, all the, the manufacturing, logistics, cost, R&D. I'm sure there's a million different aspects to it, but just on a very top level overview, my feeling on it, it's like, it's a shame. It couldn't just be their own project from the ground up the exact, the exact way they want it. Uh, you know, with all of their brand values and standards in place. That's, that's just, me. I, I will say if you are hoping for that, there's probably now a better chance of that happening. If there's a next generation, that's a fair point. That's a because fair point. of the they, success of this one. Now yeah, they know it. Now they they know they can put money behind it. Right. They they've proven their business case. Yeah. So now they could you know hopefully do a, a new one. So that's that's a fair point. That's a fair. Minus point. the fact that we're going to electric vehicles now. So yeah. Regardless. That's one. It. Well, okay. So actually, going back to Goodwood for a second, I think, and it didn't get much press, but Lexus unveiled uh, a new electric like hypercar, which is I guess the quote unquote, next LFA, um, which is kind of sacrilegious because the LFA had the most glorious Best sounding V10. There. Oh, uh, and now now the quote unquote LFA successor will be electric and silent. <laughs> yeah. But even the Lowe's Avaya was there and I saw almost no press for it. So, uh, Well, the Avaya is a couple years old now at this point. I feel like they didn't really do anything with it. Yeah. So Is that yeah. car even still on track for production? I have no clue. No clue. I mean, Lotus is not doing too much. They have the Amira, which has been no. getting like Amira's cool. It, it's cool, but it's been getting lukewarm kind of reviews. It, it's, I think I've seen it's, a lot of mixed reviews, so I, I want to see more owners take. Yeah, I mean, I think the that's thing what, that yeah the the thing that made a Lotus a Lotus was you know the stripped out lightweight no frills whole thing, and now they're trying to add I, luxuries and features in. It's like, I, is it still I think, Lotus? I think what. Maybe screwed the image of what people were expecting of the Amira a little bit was that the timing of the release of the Amira coincided with the ending of the Elise and Exige. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So people think it's a replacement for those when it's really a replacement of an Evora. But it's even more like luxurious and, and feature filled yeah. than, a, than an Evora. Yeah, but an Evora was actually pretty similar in weight. So yeah. it's, it's more in line with an Evora than an Elise. It's not really replacing the, the Elise. No, no, absolutely yeah. not. But but to your point, yeah, that's when people if they hear want Lotus, to release if they want to release a more release a more like Elise replacement car, they still could and slot it under the Emira. Mm -hmm. So I also think that they, the Emira for a reason, so they can sell it in the US because I don't, I don't think Elise will ever sell in the US or another Elise replacement, whatever it will be called. Yeah, yeah, it's a tough yeah. sell. It's a tough I think sell. it already didn't sell because it was just crap. But it seems like Amira has they they had a ton of together. yeah they had a ton of quality and yeah. fit and finish and so. you know it's a Toyota powertrain obviously but you know yeah that still doesn't mean that the rest of the car can't fall apart exactly exactly <laughs> it's still it's still built in a shed in England so exactly yeah I was gonna say I don't think Lotus has any kind of a budget like a big budget for anything no, so. uh -uh. no but they they've been in trouble for a while so I think they really need it to be a success but you know we'll see. 
I'm curious. I think styling wise, it's cool. Uh, and the price is kind of bang on. It's yeah. going to be competitive with like a 718 Boxster Cayman. If so, they can sell a few of those, they can maybe make a better business case to develop some cooler cars. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'm look, we, they just need to sell them and not look. Like, you, you never want to see you never want to see a car maker fail, especially when they make cool driver, especially like in, a, you know, a historic car maker like Lowe's with F1 and whatnot. Right. And and any brand that that puts out cars that are, you know, focused on the driving experience like they are, you don't want to see them fail. Yeah. Um, so I, I get it. Um, touch one last thing I wanted to comment on, because I know we're uh, we're getting close to about an hour here. Um, if you guys have a chance and if you haven't already watch the Jason Camisa uh, video that he did on the Z and he mentions the Supra. He actually mentions the Veloster. There's a yeah. couple of really cool cars in there. Um so he does this segment called Icons, and he does it with the Haggerty um, company, the insurance company. They have a great, great YouTube channel. But he did a comparison talking about the Z, the history, the heritage. He touches on all the different sports cars and basically how, uh, unfortunately, people just don't have the money lying around to have a forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 toy. So over time, people have you know resorted to the hot hatch, the hot sedan, you know, WRX, GTI, Veloster, those sorts of cars. So watch it. It's a really good uh, look at the automotive landscape um, and what people are able to get into as normal folks, right? Because not everybody has a bunch of money to go buy, you know, GT3 paint to sample allocations. Um, Next car. And I, I would argue Camisa is probably the best automotive journalist in the last probably 10, 15 years. The amount of He's research up. he put into that video is astounding yeah. and so well like executing. Like you learn so much in a fun way with still like the good jokes and everything. Absolute worth watch. I I felt like I was watching old Top Gear. But I more mean that was the <laughs> well yeah, but but that that was the level of of writing and filming yeah, and very very well done. Fantastic, yeah. Like, That's all I've got to say. Next us. <laughs> So, yeah. So I guess to uh, to kind of start to wrap things up, Jose, you've been on a bit of a, a shopping spree lately. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, not related to cars, but I feel like it. They they usually go hand in yeah, hand. Yeah, they usually cars. go hand in hand. I <laughs> so I'll t- I'll touch on it briefly. Maybe I'll go into more next next time we get on if really can join. Sure. Um, so I don't know if you guys follow watches, but if you know if you follow watches, you probably heard of the Moon Swatch. Which is a collaboration mm-hmm. between Swatch and Omega. Yeah, I was able to get my hand on one of those, and it hit. Uh, it's like struck something with me because I used to be like very much into watches, and then like I fell off. I would just wear my Apple Watch and not care. Um, it struck. Uh, it struck. Like it hit me again, and I got bitten by the bug, and I bought another Moon Swatch. I bought a bunch of old Casios. Uh, I bought uh, a Tissot. Um, I haven't told you guys I ordered an Omega, so I went nuts. fancy. I went nuts. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No surprise there. Yeah, I went a little extra. I, I have to say, I have to say, uh, getting to see the Moon Swatch um, because obviously I, I, I knew about them. They were cool, but um, seeing when it in you person, see it in person, it's neat. It make it makes way more sense. Like when you hear about, it, you think it's like, oh, it's like a fake Omega Moon Watch. Just like main plastic, but the way they did it and the way they they played around with the colors and they, they were able to make it into something fun, 
mm-hmm. I think adds so much more to like the Moon Moonwatch story. And let's say you know, obviously I'm for I'm I'm fortunate enough where I can go buy a Moonwatch right now. Um, but even as someone younger, it's like it lowered that barrier to entry into watches. Like, right? It made it made me pay attention and made me right. wanna wanna order a Moonwatch and made me wanna like go and like learn more about watches and now more like movements and different calibers and and histories of the brands so very very well done by omega and swatch it was if that is probably one of those campaigns especially for you adam and me who like or who study advertising that i think in 10 years you're going to look back is like what a way to like relaunch a brand like swatch who was not doing well mm-hmm and bring at the same time more awareness to the younger buyers of Omega. Very, very well done. So. Yeah, and and also the the cool part is that they didn't just launch the one and then no, said, they okay, here's 11. the one and we're done. No, they yeah, did eleven all, at the same time. The, the whole set they they introduced that level of collectability. Yeah, you know, just like we used to do as kids with but, like Pokemon trading n- cards. You n- know, not even collectability. Yeah, right now they're hard to get, and that's right. a whole topic of its own. They're not limited, and then. And mm-hmm. a recent interview seems like they're not they're gonna be out for a while. So it's really not really about like oh like can you get one because of resell or whatnot. At some point you're gonna be able to get one or get them all. It's just gonna take time. So Yeah. And and, and I I was reading them all a... as they say, you can. <laughs> like literally. Yeah, I I was reading an article, um, and I guess the Swatch group uh president he was saying that they're not going to be selling them online. They have no intention to sell them online. So they want you to go into the store to experience the brand. Yeah. Uh, they want you to keep going back, right? To see if what what additional versions and colors Which, you can find. And me it, going it's clever. Back, it's really after clever. getting my first one, me going back to get more, and I've only been able to get one more, um, has made me pay more attention to other Swatch watches. So I ended up mm-hmm. buying like two other Swatches from just going back and talking to the people there. Yep. So yeah, so it's it's expanding, you know, their brand. They're showing like, it to yeah to, to people who otherwise wouldn't have considered I, them. I would have never it's looked just, at Swatch. I love Omega. I would have never looked at Swatch yep. in my life. Yep. And now I have four in the last two weeks. So very well yeah, done. And I, I like the idea of going back to the store. Yeah, it sucks right now. There's no watches, but when there is, they're rarely available. You're gonna. I think it will play very well with Swatch. Yeah, I'm. I'm not gonna lie. I'm. I'm actually. I'm actually interested in getting uh, probably the the moon swatch. If yeah. I can find one, I'd. I'd pick one. You do the They're mission cool. to the moon. Yeah. Uh, probably. Yeah. yeah I need that one because it's 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 closest to the uh you know it's closest it's, yeah it's, the it's closest to the real to me. Yeah. And then today, yeah. um, just to finish off, uh, today, uh, my coworker has the real moon watch and he was wearing it and I was wearing my my mission on Earth. Just it's like identical dimensions, mm-hmm. like yeah, exactly the same. Yeah, it's way lighter, but just like it's exactly the same, but fun colors and plastic. And this was that watch is probably retails for what seventy one for what a a twentieth of the price. Yeah, basically. (laughs) So give or take. Yeah, insane, insane. So we've got we've got a watch collector now. So uh, we can expand we can expand the subject matter on the show. I'll I'll um, go more into it in like hunting the watches and how how it's been in another episode. But it's it's been a lot of fun and I've truly enjoyed it a lot. 
So. For sure. And I'm, I'm sure once we can get uh, Rudy, uh, who's yeah. a good friend of ours, uh, once we can get him on the show, um, you guys will have all sorts of nerdy watch discussions, just like oh, yeah. we have nerdy yeah. you know, Volkswagen discussions and car discussions and all that. So yeah. we have another another facet to the show that we can you know turn to. Yeah. So, uh, okay. Hey, so I don't know if anybody has any parting remarks, but we're coming up on just about an hour here. Uh, touched on a lot of cool topics, and uh, this was fun. Again, I like mm, this. Like always. Yeah. Time flies by. That was an hour away. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I'm telling you, time flies when you're having fun. Yeah. And now so, uh, yeah. So, uh, all right. I think we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, be sure to tune in for the next one. Again, we are Six Driven, and uh, this is our podcast. And we actually, I think we answered the question if anything was going on tonight. So, um, until next time, peace out. Yeah. Peace out. Have fun. Go safe. See you guys.